Hey, thanks for checking out the So What Factor. My name's Randy Bennett. I'm a United Methodist pastor, and these sermons answer the question, I hope, so what? So what? Is God real? So what am I supposed to do with my life? So what does the Bible actually say? So in every sermon, it's my hope that you'll figure out what the so what is. But if you don't know, or it wasn't clear, feel free to find me on Facebook at Randy Bennett Jr., and shoot me a message. You can also email me at pastorrandybennett at yahoo.com. Be happy to hear your questions and, and, uh, and connect with you. So thanks for listening. Take care and God bless. Well, I fooled you today, didn't I? Because we normally do the, uh, the sermon before the offering, but I got wild and crazy today. Go figure. As I was thinking about... Uh, a great way to begin uh, this sermon, which is uh, entitled The Father's Kingdom, and it comes from the series for this week and next week called The Good, Good Father. I got to thinking about some of my favorite uh, television dads. Um, so these are in no particular order, but just some of my favorite television dads. Number one would be Andy Taylor from The Andy Griffith Show. Oh, look, Andy and Opie. I love the Andy Griffith Show. I think I learned as much about Jesus from the Andy Griffith Show as I ever did from a Sunday school class growing up. Um, love that show. Uh, next one I thought about was Raymond Barone. Everybody loves Raymond. Boy, that's a great show, isn't it? He's a pretty good television dad. Although, one of my favorite television dads has to be this guy. Don't! Homer Simpson. Now... Um, I could have found a picture of Homer strangling Bart, but I decided not to do that. I thought that would just be too realistic of parenthood. Um, two favorite television dads of mine come on the same show. This is us. There's Randall Pearson and his dad, Jack Pearson. I like This Is Us. It's a great show. And uh, probably last but not least, um, I like Dan Connor from Roseanne. Michael Dancon. Now, other than the common theme that each of these fathers are characters that we view for entertainment, what do these TV dads have in common? They all have flaws. Each one is broken. While these characters are all make-believe, I think the same may be said of all of our fathers and our mothers, right? See, even the very best earthly father is still flawed, still broken, still hurts his family. I say that as a flawed, broken father who often fails and hurts his family. For some people... They never even knew their fathers. Or worse yet, they did know their fathers but wish they hadn't because of all the abuse they underwent at their father's hands. Today and next Sunday, we're going to consider the Lord's Prayer and how God is a good, good father. Before I can do that, though, I must quickly address the barriers for referring to God as Father, because there are some. There are some barriers 
um, to referring to God as Father. And I think probably the first barrier, and the one that's really, really important, um, is the barrier of transference. In other words, I have encountered more than one parishioner over the years who has problems referring to God as Father because something like this, and I quote, I don't want to refer to God as Father because my father was so abusive to me. Listen, God loves you. God loves you so much. God understands. God is not going to think less of you if you choose not to refer to God as Father. I want you to know that. But, but, I just ask that you consider the possibility. Consider the possibility that God may bring healing to your deepest soul wounds if you allow him to be your father who is in heaven. Most importantly, though, don't insist that others should not refer to God as father because of your barrier. That's not being insensitive to your barrier, but that's also being considerate of others. So I think transference is definitely one barrier that we need to address before we launch into referring to God as a good, good father. Here's the other barrier that I think is really important to consider. And that's the barrier of inclusivity. Inclusivity. In other words, um, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, some might say, excludes the female gender. Now, I appreciate the gender-inclusive debate. I appreciate all it's offered uh, and its contributions to the church. I do. Um, but I have to say that insisting that Christianity change the name of God so that it is less patristic, probably not one of my favorite contributions, though I'm happy to have the conversation. Oftentimes, the inclusivity debate will offer... Um, this instead. Why not refer to God as God the Creator, God the Redeemer, and God the Sustainer? Right? That, that, sounds, uh, that sounds inclusive, right? God the Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. We can get rid of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, right? Because God created, Jesus redeemed, Holy Spirit sustains, right? I mean, that sounds fair. But that, that's, that's kind of like, though, I'm just saying, Naming me by the things I do. Right? I'm not Randy. I'm cat litter changer. I'm dog walker. I'm protein shake drinker. I'm preacher. Y'all, Randy Bennett is much more than his activities. So too is God. So we don't want to limit God by naming God by his activities. See, this is God's revelation in Jesus Christ. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There is not a lick of power in saying the Creator, the Redeemer, the Sustainer. But there is power in naming. And there is power in using the names that God has revealed about Himself to utilize. 
We don't baptize in anything else. We don't baptize under any other name, do we? No. So if we do not baptize under any other name, and we do not celebrate the sacrament of communion under any other name, then why would we change the name because some people are offended by their feelings? Now, I don't say that to start a fight. I simply say that as a reminder to not insist that others should refer to God this way. I mean, I'm not going to, look, I'm not going to insult you or think less of you if you choose to refer to God by his activities rather than who and how he's revealed himself in Scripture. Just don't insist that other people should not refer to God as Father because of your barrier. Okay? I had to get all that out of the way just so I could actually get to the sermon. Because that's the age, the age we're living in, right? Yay! So what if we just surrender? Huh? What if we just surrender our pride, our hurt, our pain, or any other barrier we may have? What if we just simply surrender that and approach our Father as Jesus taught us to? Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. This then is how you should pray. Now remember, I've taught you all this before. I've been teaching it to you all since the beginning of my time here, which is now over eight years. I'm in year nine. Um, Jesus utilizes the you plural in this sentence, meaning he says y'all. This is then how y'all should pray. Now right before Jesus teaches the disciples this prayer, he said, don't babble on like the hypocrites do in the synagogue. Don't babble on. Don't just sit there and run your mouth like they do in the, in the synagogue. They just love to hear the sound of their own voice, Jesus said. Instead, he says, come to prayer. Y'all come to prayer. Do you know Jesus was southern, right? Yeah. Right, because he was born in Judah. Judah's the southern kingdom of Israel. Jesus is southern. You are welcome. Bay like biscuits and gravy. Maybe not. Jesus said, instead, y'all come to prayer like this. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's the portion of the prayer that we're considering today in this sermon. You see, by placing these petitions first, Jesus teaches that the purpose of prayer is not self-gratification. The purpose of prayer is centering. In Wesleyan terms, Methodist terms, we understand prayer as what's called a means of grace, that God has divinely given us prayer so that we can engage conversationally with God, who is our holy and our heavenly Father. Think about that. We get to hang out just like this, in our potato chip built bodies, and converse with a transcendent God. Wow. It's a chance to center and to recenter our lives into God. 
And you all listen, we need, we need centering right now, don't we? I mean, we really, really, really need centering right now. Like, like the world's completely lost its mind. Like I thought like four or five years ago the world had lost its mind. Apparently that was nothing compared to where we are now. And over the next couple of months, at least, I don't know about the rest of the world, but at least America's really going to lose its mind as the election approaches, right? Mm-hmm. And then people that once loved one another are going to hate each other and beat each other to death of their political affiliations. And brother will turn against brother and sister against sister. And it'll be all this crazy gnashing and wailing of teeth. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to say the same thing I'm saying now. Ain't neither Canada God. And America is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is much, much bigger than one nation. Neither Trump nor Biden shall save my soul. Who are the libertarians running? Jorgensen? He he ain't going to save my soul either. She? She? He? I thought I heard Joe Jorgensen. Oh, she. Oh my gosh. I am just... Messed up. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, you see, I'm flawed. Y'all, we need to be centered. We need centered. Randy needs to recenter right now. Recenter this sermon on Jesus, right? Jesus teaches his disciples' prayer. It ought to be called the disciples' prayer, really. It's not the Lord's prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. Jesus teaches to his disciples. And he teaches, by the Spirit of God, Jesus teaches this prayer over and over to every single generation. That includes ours because we need to constantly be re-centered. Our lives need to be re-centered in the Father's kingdom because he's a good, good Father. Because by grace, he invites all people into his kingdom. By grace, he receives those into the kingdom who accept his invitation. By grace, he grows his children. That's us who are in love with him. He grows us in that love until the day our broken body finally dies. And then by grace, our soul inherits the place Jesus has prepared for us until the day of resurrection. He is a good, good father. Jesus said, this is how y'all recenter. Our father in heaven. See, Jesus wants us to understand that God is a relational being. Right? God's a relational being. Mm -hmm. Right? He is the three in one, right? He is the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. he, he has always existed in relationship. God is a relational being. God created us in his image. Therefore, God created us relational beings, right? We're in relationship with God. We're in relationship with each other. We're in relationship with creation. Therefore, we are to relate to God as a relational being. He is the father and we are the children Our Father in heaven. But just because we are relational with a relational God does not mean we are equals. Right? We are not equal. We can come have a conversation with our good, good Father, and I hope we do as much listening as we do talking. 
But we are not equals. That's why Jesus says, hallowed be your name. To be hallowed, to be holy, is to be set apart, to be pure. You see, through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have been set apart and made pure by a relationship. We're set apart and made pure by a relationship with the one who is pure. In other words, Randy on his own is a broken mess. Randy in a relationship with Jesus is still a broken mess. But thanks be to God, he vouches for me. Right? Through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we've been set apart and made pure by a relationship with the one who is pure. We cannot accomplish this ourselves. We can call upon the Father whose name is holy. When we call upon him, we are calling upon the one who needs nothing to make himself pure. See, God's fully transcendent of his creation. He has always existed, yet through His Son and His Holy Spirit, He is also imminent. That means He is with us. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. None of us can be two places at once, right? I wish I could. I can't be two places at once, but the Godhead's everywhere present. He's holy. God's so holy, He's not holy once. He's holy three times, right? As the prophet Isaiah reminds us, and they, the angels, were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Why does an Old Testament prophet, why does an Old Testament prophet record the angels singing holy three times? Because the prophet even recognized that God is three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God is not of this world, but He does have the whole world in His hands. Therefore, when we enter into a conversation with the good, good Father, we recognize that we are finite and that He is infinite. That we were born and that we will die, but that he has always been and always will be. And recognizing God's holiness helps us to set the tone for his Holy Spirit to remind us of this important truth. Prayer is not all about us. You remember Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life? What does the very first sentence of the first chapter of Rick Warren's book say? It's not about you. It's not about you. (laughs) I like that. It's not about you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we center ourselves in on the good father the holy set-apart Father who loves the world so much. And we come to Him, we acknowledge that it's about His kingdom and about His will on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is about God's kingdom and prayer is about God's will, but prayer is some about us, right? I mean, it's not all about us, but prayer is some about us. It's about our conversation with the good, good father. 
you know, you can just, you can, you can just talk to them, right? You just talk to them. It's about centering and recentering our souls and our lives within God's kingdom. It's about recognizing that the kingdom of God has in fact come to earth. That's why Jesus came. He inaugurated his father's kingdom on earth. And by the time that Jesus returns, that kingdom will be completed on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray to the good, good father, we can live our lives more effectively because we know where history is headed. The return of Jesus Christ. Hear that again. When we pray to the good, good father, and I know, we, don't we sometimes just come with all sorts of messes that we just need to say first? Oh, Lord, today, Father, you saw, you were with me. Remember, Lord, we were driving, and that old lady, oh, that old lady, she cut me off. She couldn't even see, Lord. She couldn't, and then I, I honked my horn at her 28 times, but she couldn't hear. She didn't have her hearing aids in, and she got real slow on the road. And, and Lord, I thought, I thought, this is somebody's grandmother, but I, I just, you know, I want to yell at her. And, and Lord, and Lord, do you remember, Father, do you remember this morning when I had, I had the, that, that great breakfast at home, I fixed those eggs and stuff, then I left the pan on the counter and I didn't clean it. Lord, don't let my wife kill me when she gets home. Father, um, and you know, like we can just go on and on and on. And at some point, after we spit it all out, we're quiet and then the Lord starts speaking to us. And he reminds us that even our, our present worries or concerns of the day but a fleeting glimmer. That history is heading somewhere. The return of his son. And we're a part of that. So brothers and sisters, as we truly begin, at least from the pulpit, our ninth year together, keep praying. Let's be centered in on prayer. And when you do pray... Y'all pray like this. And I invite the praise team to come back up and join me as we're going to sing our final song for today, the Lord's Prayer. And I think a lot of people would love to sing this song in church, but they're scared to sing it as a solo because that's how we all know it. So you're going to sing it with me this week and next week. We'll be ending the sermon with the Lord's Prayer. So once everybody's in place and... They look like they're ready to go, and, and Josh starts playing the piano. We're going to sing together the Lord's Prayer. So you're invited just where you are to sing with me. Oh, Lord.
Bonjour.